Kevin Tracy, and joining us today is my good friend, Mr. Ben. Why don't you say hello to everyone, Ben? Hello there, I'm Ben Deckard. Yeah. You said Mr. Ben, I'm like, is he like Cher or Beyonce? Well, yeah. Beyonce has well I didn't name. know if you wanted me to say, <laughs> share your last name or not. It's just like, it's Mr. Ben! Hey! <laughs> <laughs> you're, our, you're our resident Mr. Rogers for this episode. <laughs> Fun. <laughs> All right. Um, so yeah, this week we are talking about uh, The Lighthouse, um, a movie that uh, Ben and I actually saw in theaters when that first came out. And oddly enough, Sam suggested that we do this for this episode. Um, so Sam, what was your initial reaction to this movie? Uh, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, uh, you know... I'll be honest, the first, like, the first half of the movie, I was kind of bored. And the second half, it obviously gets a little more interesting, because that's when Robert Pattinson's character is very, very clearly and obviously losing his mind. Yeah. Um, I, this, I suggest this movie because this comes up in conversation with people. Like uh, a lot of people have seen it. I've heard, I've heard good things. I hadn't heard anything specific other than it's about two people that lose their minds on a remote Island. Yeah. And uh, like you've said, it's kind of like a horror movie. Um, I've heard it's described. It's definitely, this is a insane, hardcore uh, art film. Yeah, th- this is definitely not a movie for everyone. And when no, I, when I was initially no. going into this, and Ben, you can attest to this, I was expecting yeah. a completely different movie. Like I, I remember from the trailers, like there was like a the the fight scene with like uh, Robert Pattinson getting strangled with like the tentacles and like the mermaid. Like I was expecting like some kind of weird Lovecraftian horror movie of the, these two men just going insane, rather than. The movie that, was that an we inspiration. got. Yeah, I know. But, that was an inspiration. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, like, but I was expecting like that to be like the main crux of the whole movie rather than like five minutes of it. Um, so, yeah. So yeah, like, uh, what what was your takeaway from this, Ben? It was weird. <laughs> um, <laughs> can we quote was, you on that? <laughs> yeah. It was, <laughs> it was really well done, but man. Definitely yeah. takes yeah. multiple watchings to wrap your head around it. It, it really does. And I, I feel like after going through this in a second watching uh, that I did last night, I, I feel like I kind of was able to take a bit more away from this. Was that? Did you kind of get a, a similar sense of that, Ben? Yeah. Yeah, it was just... Yeah, there's... that's kind of why I want to watch it again. Yeah, there, there... Because I feel like I'll get more out of it. Yeah. I think <laughs> I wasn't as... I. I, other than the, like, cinematography, which was really outstanding and was nominated for an Oscar, it did not win, yeah. but it was nominated. Yeah. And like Sex and the City, the uh, setting is just as much of a character as everyone else. So <laughs> it was... A... <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> but, like, the... 
I mean, no, the setting is just, I feel like the setting is, the location is just as important as uh, the characters. Yeah. It, like, it's it's very 100% a true-bred art film, and yeah, I agree. This I was literally thinking about, like, I don't think my parents would watch this. I feel like they would watch it and be like, oh, it was really bad. Yeah. I'd be like, ah, oh, well, it's not bad. Yeah. It's just. Uh, sp- <laughs> speaking of parents' reaction, I was wa- when I was watching this last night, I was watching this in the, in the living room, my dad just kind of like randomly like joined me and was like oh what are we watching it's like oh it's a lighthouse like oh i've been meaning to watch this and he was just kind of half watching it and playing like backgammon on his tablet because you know that's what dads do um yeah exactly yeah uh and he, he would like look up every once in a while to like ask questions to like fill in on like the couple minutes that he wasn't like fully paying attention and by the way, thank God I was watching this movie with subtitles because watching this in theaters with you, Ben, yeah. I could only understand like maybe a third of what Willem Dafoe was saying. Yeah, I had to put on subtitles too. Yeah, no. I, yeah, they have. They <laughs> yeah. have... <laughs> Sam, imagine our our struggle watching this in theaters, trying to like holy crap d- decipher the weird like sailor gibberish that he is spewing the entire movie. I feel like both of them, it's pretty hard to understand. Like, I thought that, so apparently, they both have very specific accents. Um, yes. According to the director. And Robert Pattinson's apparently supposed to be a very specific Maine dialect, like from, from Maine. Yeah. And, and, but I thought when I first heard him talk, I thought he was Irish. Like, it's, it's that kind of, uh, the, 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 the dialect sounded it did not sound uh american yeah like it's very it's it's intense and yeah i was listening to subtitles i was watching it with subtitles for like most of it i think towards the end i took it off <laughs> but but yeah i had it for most of the movie yeah no it, it was just I, i'm really glad that i had that going on with it because i don't think i could, would have absorbed as much without the subtitles because I can't understand half of what Willem Dafoe was saying, but um, it, it was really funny kind of watching it with my dad because I've already experienced this movie. So it was always, it, it's always kind of interesting kind of watching someone else's uh, like reaction to the first time seeing a movie, uh, especially when you've <laughs> seen it yourself, because this movie, like there are parts where it's like, it's not necessarily hard to watch, but it is definitely not, for the faint of heart uh and there are a few scenes in particular nope. we'll i'll we'll kind of get into that a little bit more in depth um but it was just kind of interesting kind of seeing like how he was kind of processing and taking in all the information that was going on in the movie uh, and i asked him afterwards what what it, what he thought of it and his direct quote was that was a very weird strange movie probably not worth watching twice <laughs> <laughs> So that that was his ta- that was his takeaway from it. Um, but yeah, no, I was I was definitely expecting a, a very much a more straightforward kind of movie, and this movie is yeah. anything but. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, there was actually I did a little bit of research, and there is some division on this because the critics gave this a ninety percent, uh, yeah. audiences gave it about a seventy percent, which seems. Very. That seems accurate I, to me. I, I, I'm kind of in the audience uh, side on this one. Yeah, it was. I felt like I was almost nothing about it was over for me. Overwhelmingly, like, oh my god, this is amazing. I thought everything was good. I will say in the beginning, 
uh, Willem Dafoe's acting, again, this is my first viewing. My opinions were very likely to change if I if and when I watch this again. Um, Willem Dafoe's acting seemed very, like, I was very aware of, like, he he seemed like very like cliche sailor yeah. accent and it was a little like it just sounded like a character as opposed to a person and robert pattinson i think i noticed like i was very aware of acting but as yeah. it got on as it went on the performances did get really really incredible yeah i uh, i i honestly yeah. have to praise Willem the foe for for his commitment to this movie and you could, oh, yeah. you could tell he was having a blast with this movie, and I, I think you you were the one who pointed this out to me first, Ben. When just when he did like his uh his like monologue of like him basically like cursing, oh yeah, Robert Pattinson. <laughs> that throughout that entire monologue, and it's like two or three minutes, he does not blink the entire time. It's like a solid two minute single take that he does not blink. Yeah. That's what uh, the director said. Yeah, it was yeah. one take. And I I actually, I want to bring this up, though, because so apparently they didn't really, uh, Robert Pattinson and William Def- Willem Dafoe didn't really hang out that much while they were shooting because the whole thing was so demanding and the weather was just horrible. Oh, that yeah. they were just so exhausted that they just didn't really talk that much other than when they were on screen. And apparently Willem Dafoe li- like, was staying in like a little fishing cottage by himself and Robert Hansen stayed at the hotel with the crew. And also apparently uh, before they started shooting, they had about a week of rehearsal and the director pointed, had made note that Willem Dafoe was really excited for the rehearsal and really enjoys rehearsal because he has a background in theater and Robert Pattinson doesn't. And he feels, and he apparently looks at it as if he nails something in rehearsal, it, the, uh, I think it said like the spontaneous uh, effect of it won't be the same when he's really actually giving his performance on camera. Yeah, that's true. So he doesn't like, which I'm like, that's a very good point. And the director actually really liked how they were so different, even in their process, because of course it really just added to the chemistry. Oh yeah. Cause um, they're, they're polar opposites in the movie. So that definitely does kind of play off the chemistry that they have uh, with each other. But the weather apparently was so bad that like, I think it's I think that it was referring to the scene in the beginning where he's hallucinating or dreaming of the mermaid and he's walking into the water. They had to wait because they were worried if they because there was a storm and they were worried <laughs> they were going to lose him. And they're like, oh, man, that's what a what a way to what a way to die. Supposedly <laughs> most of the outdoor scenes and everything that are done in weather was done in real weather and they use their rain and cloud and fog machines very minimally. Yeah, that, I, yeah. I, I think there was only like a couple times where like I noticed that there was like an overabundance of fog, and I think the the are just odd kind of like peculiar weather patterns. And I think the main one I noticed was um when uh, Robert Pattinson first kind of hallucinates seeing the logs drifting in the ocean of uh the uh his like old logging buddy that he more or less let die uh we'll we'll, we'll kind of get more into the story later but it, he he is uh that i was one of the kind of like the more uh artificial kind of patterns of weather that i noticed in it everything else seemed very natural with like you know the the seagulls flying around and by the way the the scene the specific scene with robert pattinson versus the seagull 
Oh my gosh. That caught me so off guard in theaters. And the fact that it went on for as long as it did just kind of kept throwing me for a loop. It's like, holy shit. I thought he was going to throw it in the tar, throw it on the ground. He just kept going and holy shit like i'm like i feel like we all come across like a bird or like a bug is being annoying but we just go away and it kept but this one just like he just snapped and then i gotta say though uh the the story is interesting because he he's i you realize at the end i will say the whole movie obviously watch the whole movie because there were... No, I only want to watch half. No, because I meant there were a lot of parts. I was just, the beginning, I'm like, I was just confused on, like, why is this? How I was confused why they were there. I didn't oh, understand, okay. like, I, I that I feel like wasn't clear until almost halfway through. Uh, we don't even get their names until about halfway through the movie. Yeah, um, yeah we, we don't get, like, yeah. Willem Dafoe's name until, like, halfway through the movie, and, like, Robert Pattinson kind of just, like, uh, kind of gives it gives it shares his name because he's tired of being called like laddie or whatever yeah yeah um, it's like i'm tired of your nicknames you old bastard just call me just call me uh call winslow. me ephraim yeah ephraim winslow yeah but uh i was confused for so why they're there but the bigger thing was he uh he's from the from the beginning like he's like day one he's having nightmares and he seems to already kind of slowly losing his mind and I thought at first, I'm like, this is weird. Why is he, why is this happening day one? And the only thing I was thinking of was, uh, I was comparing it to Black Swan, which is another movie where someone's losing their mind. Yeah. And, but in that, like, it's her intense need to be perfect. That was an issue before the movie starts. And this is just what really sets her off and makes everything worse. And this, I'm like, why is he why is he going insane so quick he hasn't been here long enough and that was really bothering me and then as it was going on i was kind of well i got confused because (laughs) he introduced himself as winslow when we finally get his name but when i would pause it on i was watching on amazon and when i would pause it it said his name was thomas howard and i'm like um what and the only thing i could think of was oh maybe and I know, and on IMDb there is a character, uh, Ephraim Winslow. So I'm like, okay, maybe he like killed him or something, and he took yeah, his identity. That, 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 that's the one thing that I didn't like about watching it on Amazon Prime is that they kind of more or less give away a yeah. That's a huge spoiler for the movie. But also, why not just name him Winslow and like that? Because he that's how he's referred to up until he eventually admits his real name. Like, or do both. Like, I don't, which is also a spoiler, but I don't know. It bothered me because I'm like, I, the whole time, like, wait, so they're both named Thomas? What? Like, like, um, but yeah, that, it only, it bothered me more because I, I don't like consistently asking questions. Like, why is this happening? What's going on? And even though I know I got to just finish it because it will get answered. Yeah. For me, it takes me out of it because I'm just focusing on the stuff I don't know. And and, and that's one of the reasons why I was surprised you kind of want to pick it, this movie, because this is a movie where I feel like you have to constantly ask questions because they don't give you a straightforward answer. They kind of give you it, it, it. I feel like the best analogy for this movie is 
this movie getting answers is like asking a math teacher for an answer and they just give you the formula to solve that that question that's what this movie does it just gives you the formula (laughs) it gives you like all the ingredients to figure out what the answer is without actually giving you the answer you have to actually do all the work yourself yeah you have to do all the work yourself uh and and I feel like the best example of this that is um, uh, there's the fan theory of who put the mermaid statue in Pattinson's uh, bedcot. And the popular fan theory is that Willem Dafoe put it in there since he was in the room before Pattinson. Um, And uh, that kind of like sparked like the whole uh, uh, him like hallucinating seeing like the mermaid and that whole kind of routine that he kind of went into in, in the shack um of uh, uh you know when you're alone for for over a month you, you kind of gotta uh needs need to be met uh <laughs> and i don't know how else to, to say that um but yeah the, the popular fan theory is that uh willem dafoe planted that uh for robert Pattinson to find and kind of slowly start turning him insane. And Pattinson even like kind of confronts uh, the fro like later on in the movie after they've been stranded there for God knows how long. They they never even specify how long they were even there in the movie. Uh, so they, Robert Pattinson, to clarify, Robert Pattinson is supposed to be there for about a month. They're, they're both and, supposed to be there for a month. Oh, they, so they both. Oh, oh, well, because that's what I also got confused with. I'm like, so wait, does Willem Dafoe just live here year round and he just gets a new person to help him out? Like, no, ever, it, every so often, like it, I was in, in the beginning of the movie, they're both uh, leaving the ship. And then the two other right. like lighthouse attendants leave. So it's basically that was just their shift change. And they're there. for OK, a month. OK, because the when he was. That's what I was getting confused on because at first I thought this was, I don't, I thought maybe like this was just like, was this like a punishment? Like, oh, you guys are, they're sailors. They did something. They have to tend to the lighthouse for a couple weeks as their punishment. Is it a, um, like, yeah, is Willem Dafoe just there all the time? Or is it like just, I I don't know. I was just, I was confused on he, he, Willem Dafoe's yeah. intensity about why, like, no, I'm, I deal with the light. I deal with the light. I deal with the lighthouse. You do it. You do your other duties. Like he's been here before. Yeah. Like, he's done this so many times. Yeah. So I, wasn't I, sure. I, I think okay. he said that he's been doing it for like over 13 years. Um, and, uh, Pattinson, like kind of going back to like the whole, like crazy fan theory of, uh, that Pattinson kind of confronts Willem Dafoe, uh, saying that like, oh, like you're you're trying to drive me mad, like you drove your your other lighthouse wiki mad, because like I found his head in the lobster pot, and I I'm not even sure if like that even actually happened, because there's so many moments in this movie where like we think something's actually happening, only to find out that oh, this is just some he's just going crazy, like him seeing the mermaid stranded on the shore or. Uh, uh, seeing all the logs kind of rolling up on shore and just a bunch of other small inconsistencies. So it's like, did he actually see the previous lighthouse assistant's head in the lobster pot or did he imagine that? And it, it just kind of subverts your expectations of, oh, this is actually what's straightforward and is happening to, oh no, he's actually going insane and Willem Dafoe is just 
a, a crazy old bastard. <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought uh, there literally becomes a point where I'm like, you really don't know what is real anymore. No. And so I just kind of went with it. Yeah. Uh, again, referring to Black Swan, it does kind of the same thing. But like in Black Swan, like, you know, it's you you think you don't know what's real. But then there's like a little a relief of, oh, no, this is reality. Like this is her insanity. And this was there wasn't I think there technically was relief. It just because of the intensity of it all, it wasn't clear, which I'm not which worked. I'm not I'm not like I don't really look at at that as an issue. Um, yeah, it didn't not make sense. The, yeah, there. I feel like everything was more or less kind of like wrapped up mainly because, you know, spoiler alert, both characters die. Um, but it, it was just kind of a matter of how how they were able to get to this state, because in the beginning, like they're they're coherent. They're just kind of like begrudgingly do going about their tasks like Willem Dafoe is just very like adamant and kind of a slave driver to Pattinson. Uh, and like refuses to let him go in the light. He's like, no, that's my duties. I, I'll, I'll watch the night shift. You you do all your duties during the day and pretty much tells him that he's doing a, a crap job all the time. Um, but it is kind of interesting kind of seeing how, I guess, rapidly uh, Pattinson kind of loses it because for the most part, he's, he's kind of the protagonist of this movie or antagonist. He, he's the main focus of this movie. Everything we kind of see is from his perspective and his point of view. Um, but it, it, it's just kind of interesting kind of seeing how the wheels kind of turn in his head, uh, so to speak, to go from a fairly sane individual, like a pretty, pretty competent, stable individual to going batshit insane and and killing Defoe with a with an axe um uh but yeah it, it was just it's an interesting movie and i know i'm kind of sounding like a broken record saying that but i really <laughs> have no other way to describe this movie because i'm i was still on the fence on whether or not i liked this movie uh after seeing it in theaters uh because i was so confused as to processing this movie because it's a lot to process there's there's just a lot of moving parts with this movie um but so it, 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 it is kind of funny just kind of like going over like all the fan theories and i and i think ben you you were telling me about like this really funny fan theory that like well the foe is like a like a warlock it's, or something yeah, it's, um, <laughs> what the theory that i like is the movie's literally spellbinding well, there's two different side effects to this. It's yeah. one, the movie itself is literally spellbinding in that it casts a spell on the viewer that um upon watching it, it's it, me and Kevin kind of even noticed this when we watched it is a little bit like that first 10, 15 minutes after we left the theater, we just couldn't form a coherent thought. We really couldn't like like the entire drive <laughs> back from like we saw this in the theater in like Elk Grove and like driving back uh, to Lodi. Uh, it's like a good like 30 minute drive more or less and like the good like a good half of that we're just like the fuck did we just watch <laughs> so yeah that happened that was yeah the thing. yeah and and then there's a yeah. point where we were coming home and the spell broke and then we could just like talk normally again yeah and i feel like that kind of more or less happened with my dad as well because when i asked him uh, like a question about the movie he just kind of had a hard time forming a 
fairly coherent sentence and it just kind of came up with like that quote it's like it was a weird strange movie wouldn't watch it again it was like that that, that was as coherent and as uh, of a response as i really got out of him and what, what was the the other part of that um, the... and then the other part is that in the movie um willem dafoe's character is like a witch or a warlock or some sort of magical being in that his um his like nightly ritual when they're having dinner of the toast that he gives every night it's always the same and i don't have the exact text of it but yeah it was like he always oh, gives that like, same ritual may, may, may the sea foam take ye to bed or something like that yeah and that's him like <laughs> casting like a warding spell that protects them from the danger of the sea or the madness or whatever and it's after you stop seeing that on film on screen that's when things start to delve into more madness and things go out of control yeah, and then his That's whole like, and then his whole like two minute monologue of cursing Pattinson with like the wrath of Poseidon's trident and the, all that was him cursing him, and like pretty much like right after that is when we get the storm or like kind of like within yeah. that same like segment of time. That actually, I want to for two things about that scene. Um, there, the despite the intensity of this movie, there were a few. Oddly enough, there were a couple jokes in this, and yeah. it was like surprise. Like, so that's the after he gives his whole like cursing him because you know Barbara Pattinson is like again losing his mind. He's drunk and he's saying how he can't stand his cooking. And then after after the whole curse, he's like, "Fine, I like your cooking." And then it just cuts. And I was like, "What?" <laughs> but that, but the the there was almost it looked like almost tears in Willem Dafoe's eyes when he says, "You like my lobster." say you like my lobster and i was thinking like (laughs) i was thinking of like this is like a really intense scene of a tense version of the scene in uh emperor's new groove where isma's (laughs) like i know she's like i never liked your spinach pups (laughs) 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 like that was my first thought i was like that's it she's going down (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) oh my god there was another there was something else that happened that made me think it was like an intense version i i don't it'll come to me later but um yeah there were a lot of there were like it was odd like i wasn't i don't think i was expecting it and it wasn't really like oh that's like a laugh out loud joke it just for such an intense scene or tense uh monologue for like a little tiny joke to like one ease the tension like by one percent like yeah. it didn't like it's not like a ah, ha ha but um and there was another one and i can't think of what it was but well, the, the only thing i can really think of is um like Wilma defoe like constantly like farting and generally being kind of like a <laughs> gross dude which i don't think they were using primarily for a comedic effect and no and because and i i think the best ex- this is like the best example of like rule of three in terms of a joke and for those of you who don't know rule three is that pretty much a joke after you tell the same joke three times uh the first time it's funny second time it's not so funny third time is kind of like the peak of that joke and anytime after that it proceeds to get repetitive and annoying and no longer gets funny and that's kind of how they were using Willem Dafoe's farts because he farts multiple times throughout this movie it's kind of funny the first time not not funny the second time kind of funny the third time and then after a while it just gets really old and really annoying and kind of makes you go a little crazy just like how robert pattinson 
snaps and this is one of the reasons like towards the end of the movie it's like <laughs> oh you fats you fucking fats <laughs> he goes he almost goes like full boston when he when he does that rant um which was which was kind of funny because <laughs> yes. it sounded it sounded like his accent changed to like ah oh, what your fats like he was like saying it with a boston accent and i thought it was hilarious yeah i knew that was in there and i don't know what i was expecting I think because I knew what's in there, I thought it was going to be a lot more awkward or more or more comedic. Like, I thought, because based on how I was hearing it, I thought it was just like, he's doing it specifically, not because he's old and being gross, but because he's trying to annoy Robert Pattinson. Yeah. But it seemed more like he's just doing <laughs> doing it. Like, and I'm I, like, what I, was I expecting? <laughs> I mean, he's he's like pretty much been like, it's been him and like some other guy doing this for God knows how many years, like well over 13 years. Um, but it was just really kind of funny seeing how all these like uh, peculiarities in one's personality can kind of drive you up the wall when you're forced to interact with that person for so long in the confined space that all the little things that annoy you just slowly build up to the point where you've just finally snap. Yeah. Which I thought was really kind of cool and interesting to see. Did you guys see somebody took, I didn't watch the whole thing because I hadn't seen the movie. I saw like a little bit of it, but somebody took uh, clips from the lighthouse and, re- and combined it and then replaced it with music from SpongeBob. Yes, I did. And Oh my God, that is one of my favorite videos. <laughs> I'm just saying that it is, I'll put it in in our in our chat, but it is so funny because I, I think instead of like the the foghorn sound effect that they play throughout this entire movie, which also kind of helps drive the insanity of this movie, because you you hear this uh, like a very limited time, whereas these two characters here are twenty four seven for well over a month. They replace it with the sound effect of SpongeBob's alarm clock, that like yeah. foghorn sound, um, and it was just. Oh my god, it is so funny, and it fits way too well with this movie. And I feel like it would have the exact same effect, if not make it scarier, using that like cheerful music. I've seen this before. Somebody took, uh, they took SpongeBob and they replaced the audio with like scenes from Pulp Fiction. Like for some <laughs> reason, SpongeBob seems to like transcend a lot of, across so many <laughs> twisted. I, yeah, I've I, I've seen that I've seen that a lot with like like SpongeBob and Shrek and like other like popular like Disney like and other like cartoons where they just either dub over the audio or like they animate it in that yeah. like cartoon style of like the 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 shootout scene with uh uh in Pulp Fiction is like when I lay down my justice upon thee like I've seen that with like I think. It was Shrek, and he was like <laughs> shooting like, uh, like Prince Charming or something. It was it was a long time ago, but there's it, it is a really kind of funny thing seeing something that is primarily for children taken into that realm of like violence and adult content, and it's just really funny seeing them in situations where they're doing all the stuff where it's like that's not a wholesome family moment. He just killed a guy. <laughs> How I want your both your guys' opinions. Um, mm-hmm. How do you guys feel on so the entire movie is black and white, and 
I know that, yes, it definitely makes it look more dreary and, you know, every day is the same and it does help with the overall effect and tone. But I was thinking like, how would this movie be significantly different if it was uh, in color? Not, of course, very vibrant or bright, but like, would there be, do you think there'd be an, an overall change in the film or tone if it wasn't in black and white? Um, what, 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 why don't you start, Ben? Um, I feel like the movie would have a different overall effect if it was in color. Because they still could have made it dreary looking. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it could have been like sepia or something like that. But I think the black and white lends to the experience of the movie, I guess. Okay. 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 Yeah, I, I I can understand that. I I I generally really enjoyed the the overall black and white tone. It definitely kind of helped keep everything that same kind of dull, dreary tone. There's only one scene in particular that I feel like would have a massive change if it was in color. And I remember after watching this movie, I, I kind of did a little bit of research because at the end of the movie there was a specific line that Pattinson delivers after he more or less like beats the crap and beats a woman the phone to submission has him barking like a dog that kind of leaves some room for interpretation. And I had to look into it to see if that actually did happen. And I think, you know what I'm talking about, Ben, because I think I mentioned this after we saw the movie. Um, I think so. Uh, the implication is and I, I think they kind of more or less confirmed this with a very subtle change in the choice of wardrobe after that scene where Willem Dafoe is like walking on all fours and basically being thrown in the, the pit that they dug. Um, and that is his long johns specifically along his backside have a lot of dark uh, stains on it. And the implication is that those are blood stains because he was just raped by robert <gasps> pattinson what oh my god so i feel like if that was in color and that was confirmed specifically in color that would have a huge implication rather than just the you not having any idea sam basing off of your tone i will say based on the in it got things got so intense it did occur to me that I kind of felt like it could go there. Yeah. It did, it did cross my mind. That is how twisted and dark and intense everything was. Yeah. But I did not notice that. Um, yeah. Yeah. I no. didn't notice that either time I watched yeah, it. Yeah. It, it was, um, Holy I remember, crap. yeah, no, I remember seeing this and it was like a, like a very like faint, like wardrobe detail. Like as long John's like, they're, they're like, relatively dirty it was like a pretty pretty much consistent like staining like like around like his like sleeves because he's like crawling around in the mud and dirt but his like backside mainly like around like his butt has like a very oh my god it's a lot more pronounced than like the blood stains like on like his front because he just you know he got the shit kicked out of him um and it, it was just if that was in color to confirm that if that actually did happen that would have a completely different uh outcome on people's um take on robert pattinson's character because for the most part he's 
I guess the protagonist that just slowly goes insane and turns into the antagonist at the end. Yeah. Um, but I feel like if that had happened in color, it like that that change would have just been as dramatic as possible. It would have would have changed like a light rather than the very slow gradual decline of him burying him and then killing him and just doing all all that uh, of him basically slipping completely into madness by that point. Uh, but yeah, it is a very hard detail to not notice when when you. I, I only stumble upon that by accident of them kind of like, oh yeah, here's this wardrobe kind of like implying that this happened. It's like, wait, what? Holy <laughs> um, shit. Oh my God. Yeah. So it definitely does make think- that whole interaction with them towards the end a lot more harder to watch now. Uh, yeah. It definitely changes the end of the uh, movie. 100%, 100%. Yeah. You know what I was thinking when he was, he basically threw him he puts him in the pit and starts to like bury him. I was thinking I, this was that other scene that I thought this was a more intense scene of that uh, part in Step Brothers. He's like, <laughs> what are you doing? I'm burying let you. The, let the dirt wash over you. <laughs> You're waking the neighbor. Shut up. And it was also really, it was also, I also have to commend uh, the foe's performance of still delivering a monologue while being buried and just having a face full of dirt and it just going that was so impressive yeah and he's just more or less just kind of like eating it so he can continue delivering this this monologue it's just like i i have the utmost respect for willem dafoe and his performance in this movie yeah i actually want to we i kind of want to talk about the the very end of the movie because after he after robert pattinson kills willem dafoe he finally gets the key. Actually, but earlier in the movie, he was trying to take the key because he really wants to go. He was obsessed with going into the lighthouse. But I gotta say, yeah. the obsession was, it was a weird obsession because he, we're seeing him go insane, but what we weren't seeing like the lighthouse haunt him. It was all of these other things that were, you know, it was mostly his past and yeah. the mermaid and the logs, all of those things were really torturing him. The lighthouse I, I think, seemed to be just like, I, I don't know, like, is that his just his escape? Just his way of, I need to see, like, his, I don't know, he, he was, it was an on and off obsession. I, I think he was mainly obsessed with it because... He couldn't go in there. Like He couldn't go, it was like... I, I want it because he can't have it kind of thing. Yes. And it was also the only thing that Willem Dafoe had that he could more or less lord over Pattinson's like, no, I'm I'm the only one who tends to the light. Yeah. You you don't tend to that, you oldly dog. And it was just kind of like I guess like a uh, a power trip for him, for for Defoe. And I think that was just kind of Pattinson's kind of like I want to seize that power for myself kind of thing. Like mm, I I want yes. to experience what you were experiencing. Because multiple times when we see uh, Willem Dafoe in there, he is either A, completely naked and drunk in there, or he, I'm pretty sure he was jerking off in there at one point. That's what that um, was! It's heavily okay. implied. It's heavily implied, yeah. So, I don't want this to turn into another uh, American Werewolf in London dick conversation that I might have misinterpreted, <laughs> but um, uh, but uh, Well, I, I want to know where this is well, going now. <laughs> when he when we think he's jerking off 
and then there was stuff <laughs> coming out of the like ceiling. Was that what? Like, yeah, I think it's exactly what you think. Oh it is. my god! See, I wanted, I didn't want to bring it up. There were all of the, there were a couple of masturbation scenes, and the one with, which is not as not a thing that I knew going into this movie. With Robert Pattinson, though, obviously, it's very obvious that's what it is. Whereas there's oh, yeah. a the Willem Dafoe ones are are uh, you're not seeing you're seeing just enough that you can piece it together. But the first yeah. time, I was like. Wait, what? And I was like, "Is that what? Is that what he's? Oh my god!" And it wasn't until like later where I'm like, "Oh well." But um, oh, gross. <laughs> it's like, oh, you see, you've seen it once, you've seen it a thousand times. No. <laughs> but um, <laughs> so anyway, yeah, Robert Pattinson at one point, like he's trying to take the key and almost kills him. Will he almost kills Willem Dafoe for it? And then he wake Willem Dafoe wakes up and like, oh no, go back to your duties. But later, after he does kill him, he does go into the lighthouse and sees the light and then falls down the stairs and then it just cuts to he's being eaten by the seabirds and yeah my first thought was is this making a reference to prometheus who in greek mythology uh took he, he gave he stole fire and gave it to uh mortals and that's why earth has fire and so zeus confined him to a rock and had his liver pulled out every day by uh, birds. And that was my first I, thought. I, and I didn't I, remember I, the I name if it was Prometheus, but I knew like that myth. And I was wondering like if that was what it was or, and if it was that I, if anything I thought was kind of weird because there wasn't any other references to Greek myths. So I didn't know if I was reading too much into it or if it was just, I, I, well, I feel like this movie, you have to read into it. Otherwise, you're not going to get any answers. Okay, so so. I, don't, I, I don't think there's any way that you could read too much into this because this entire movie revolves around you looking beyond the surface of this movie because nothing is taken at face value or is what it really says it is. Like, There's multiple times in this movie where I was kind of second-guessing myself between is Willem Dafoe crazy or is Robert Pattinson crazy because multiple times in the movie... Uh, Willem Dafoe says a story with very specific details, and then when Robert Pattinson references it later in the movie, Willem Dafoe has no idea what he's talking about and says that this happened instead. Like uh, how he, oh, he has a bum leg. leg. Yeah. yeah, like how he has a bum leg, or it's like, oh no, like we, we've been here for, for weeks when it's a weeks. It's like, no, we've only been here for a day. It's like, no, we've been here for weeks and I've been telling you to ration for days, and you keep yelling at me like a dog. And it's like, Oh yeah, and you you just destroyed the dinghy after chasing me with that axe, even though we just saw Willem Dafoe She's do fun. that. So yeah, it, I yeah, so so like so yeah. like when that scene happened, it's just like so has he been lying this entire time? And Pattinson is sane because I, I kept going back and forth of like, oh, Pattinson's going insane because he's like not remembering all these things that Willem Dafoe has been saying, but then that scene with like him chasing him with the axe. Like we just saw that happen. The axe is in the table where we just saw Willem Dafoe put it. So I guess he's been lying this entire time to make Pattinson seem like the crazy one. So it, it just kept kind of flip flopping my opinions on both these characters on which one of them is actually crazy. When in fact, I guess they both were. I kind of looked at it as Willem Dafoe, Maybe he 
they're they're both crazy, but Willem Dafoe has done this before, so it's more of he just like he's he's like beyond crazy. It's just who he is now, as opposed to yeah. like his mind has changed. I kind of looked at it as that, whereas Robert Pattinson's is we're watching him go. I mean, he already based on his past is already probably tormented and going insane a little bit, but this just made it. He's this been, was the nail in the coffin. Yeah. Um, because he more or less is dead by the end of this movie. Yeah. Um, which, that, that was one thing of like the ending of this movie, because it ends with him going into the lighthouse. The lighthouse stops spinning, and, and like the, the actual light turning, it opens up in front of him. He kind of looks into it and just yells and goes insane. He then falls down the ladder and down the stairs, and then it cuts to him more or less naked like naked and like in various states of like uh uh i guess dying because he is uh like multiple wounds like his eyes messed up he's he's being pecked to death by a bunch of seagulls and my my main question was how the hell did he get outside because <laughs> he, yeah. he fell down the lighthouse and the lighthouse is nowhere in sight near him well, he was on the rocky beach right below the right lighthouse i think yeah but it's like but yeah but, it was yeah. Like, but what the hell happened to his clothes then i mean the birds so, so 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 did he like fall down the stairs get naked and then just like just jump like did he commit suicide at that point is is like what i was kind of thinking because he's laying on the beach being pecked by the goals his body is still moving in ways that impl- implies that he's still alive yeah i know but i but, mean yeah. like did he throw himself on the rocks to commit suicide is is what i'm trying to get at because of he just he's killed he's more or less responsible for the death of two people he, he's responsible for like the the death of like his like logging thing and then he then he's yeah, I mean, we've we're talking about the very end of this movie. We're already past the point. <laughs> yeah. point. Um, yeah, he he was more or less responsible for the death of like the actual Ephraim Winslow, and then stole his identity, and then went here and then killed Willem Dafoe. So he is res- responsible for the death. He's like a murderer, an identity thief, and is like responsible for like voluntary manslaughter. I guess would be the ruling for that one. So it's like he he would be going to jail for a long time if not life or death, and so it's like I guess suicide would have been like the only option for him because there was no way he was going to get out of that. So I guess that that was my takeaway for like the very end of the movie. Possibly, yeah. Yeah. What, what was your kind of take on it, Ben? Um, like the very end. I'm not sure. Is somehow he ended up outside and just let himself be taken by the birds or whatever. Yeah, it, it was just, there's so many different avenues that you can interpret this movie that I don't think that there's any correct answer for any particular scene or moment in this movie, yeah. which which I kind of find fascinating about this movie, but it also kind of makes it insanely frustrating. <laughs> yeah, I, um, yeah, and the thing is, when you have a movie like that, it's, I, yeah, I agree. It's it's incredibly frustrating, but it is also like, you know, you can interpret it in this interpret it in a number of ways. So, uh, I feel like it makes it definitely makes sense if he had killed himself. But mm-hmm. um, part of me kind of looked at it more as just 
if anything, I would first, my first thought was, wait, how did, where, why is he totally naked? And then I remembered there is a scene <laughs> where he is, uh, a bird is starting to like eat, like kind of like making a hole and like biting his pants. That was like the, yeah. one of the things that was prior to him, I think murdering a bird. Be, yep. Um, yep. Bludgeoning it against, uh, the, the cistern for like 30 seconds. I think, uh, you know, it could, I don't know, it could also just be simply, like, I think I, for some reason, I don't like the idea of him killing himself, just because that seems, for the situation, I know that, yes, it, for the situation, it seems too easy. Like, yeah. I, I understand that, yeah, he would be going to prison for a long time, maybe for the rest of his life, but it, yeah. it still Or just be put to death. yeah. And it just seems, it just seems like too easy of us. I think it was more of just, you know, cause I think the idea or it's the idea of like the lighthouse killed him. The Island killed him. It was all of it as opposed to simply self-inflicted, but you know, there's no yeah. real, it could, it could be, it could, it could, you know, who knows, which is kind of the point. Yeah. No, like I, I don't, I'm not sure if like he actually did, more or less try to like commit suicide at the end i just feel like that is like the the logical like explanation for the ending rather than the correct possibly correct answer i I feel like it's the most logical but not necessarily the most correct answer yeah if that makes sense yeah yeah um but yeah no it's just pretty much every scene can be dissected in multiple different ways and i think it's just really interesting how everyone has like their own widely different opinions uh, on specific scenes or character moments in this movie that completely differ from what anyone else says. And I I think that's why critics love this movie as much as they did by giving it 90% and why audience didn't like it as much and giving it 70% because this movie isn't for everyone. This movie is very much, it's an art house movie and it is not, what i was expecting going in face value and i think that was a problem that a lot of audience members went into it because i thought it was going to be a straightforward kind of uh two men just going insane in a lighthouse and just kind of being left at that and just kind of having a lot more lovecraftian kind of horror themes of like them going insane and just delirious from working in a very confined space for over a month. Um, and I, I'm still satisfied with the movie that we got, but I am also kind of disappointed at the movie that we could have had, if that makes sense. That would have been interesting if it was more Lovecraft style. Um, I'm not, I yeah. don't know Lovecraft that well, but that would have definitely made it a more fun movie. Um, it it, it but, definitely would have made it a lot less um, polarizing with the audience if it was like that, because it wouldn't have left as much room for interpretation or mm-hmm. or loose ends that this movie kind of kind of left. Um, because I I mean, with all like the back and forth between like Willem Dafoe's like answers and responses to like uh, throughout the movie, like we don't know for a fact how long he's been doing this, how he actually broke his leg or what actually happened to his previous lighthouse wiki. Um, Because we get what Willem Dafoe says 
in one scene and then says something completely different saying that Pattinson is wrong with the information that he was told the first time. So it, it, it just kind of makes it a little bit more frustrating that way because we never really get a straight answer. Or if we do, we can't accept it because we've been lied to before in this movie. So you can't take anything Willem Dafoe's character says at face value ever. Ex- yeah. Uh, yeah. No, he's, he's, I, I, he's either a compulsive liar or Pattinson is crazy. And since this is from the movies, more or less from his point of view, we're going crazy and frustrated like he is, which is why I think audiences didn't like it as much because they experienced what Pattinson went through, which was frustration, irritation, and a psychotic breakdown. That would have been interesting if it was uh, more uh, Willem Dafoe's character's perspective and like if we're watching someone go insane as opposed to we are also going insane along with for the ride i I feel like that was kind of like the takeaway of this movie is because we're more or less focused on pattinson and we see his progression from stable person relatively speaking to completely batshit insane to possibly suicidal at the end yeah Uh, but i mean i mean like if we weren't seeing what's going on in his head even though it makes no sense it's still like all the it's jumbled and chaotic and like if we didn't know that aspect of it if we were just from from another party's perspective of watching him like from his normal self when he arrives to the end you know so I don't I don't mean it. In, yeah. in, I mean it more in like an actual you're watching as opposed to we're alone. Experiencing. Yes. Okay, I I, I kind of see what you mean. Um, so I guess, uh, Ben, we'll we'll, we'll kind of ask you. Um, do you think within like the realm of uh like real world elements, do you think that this movie could actually happen in real life the way that it did in the movie? I think something very similar could happen. There's yeah, nothing something similar did happen. Yeah. Based on... I, yeah. yeah it's, I, it was, I feel like this was. It, I think it was supposed it was to be based off of like an actual, actual true thing. thing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember the actual history behind what actually happened, but I do remember hearing that this a very similar event did happen. It's something that's similar events with the same outcome could have happened. Yeah. Um, but like any like specific things that like, oh no, that couldn't happen because of this or different consequences, like, like in terms of like a real world, like results or, uh, uh, punishments that would happen as a result of the events that happened in this movie. Do you think this movie could have happened the same way that it did? Yeah. Care to elaborate? <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. Oh. Um. It'd have to be two people stuck on an island for that long with those. Uh, that sort of a situation and everything that was going on around them could eventually lead to that sort of. It would have to be two people with similar mentality. Those. How oh, dang! I'm not sure what the word is. But kind of people with that sort State of, of a um. Yeah, state of mind or people that aren't super stable to begin with being stuck in that in that sort of a situation. Okay, yeah, I mean, I can I can kind of see that. I 
I, I feel like I'm kind of in the same boat as you because there is no real outside consequences that we see in the movie. It is just the direct results and actions between the two characters. So I feel like this movie would have happened the same way, regardless if it happened fictitiously or in real life. And I think for the most part, this did happen in real life. Um, so that should kind of more or less be the main answer for, for this. I feel like, uh, Sam, what, what would, uh, your, your answer be for that? I think I agree. Um, I think, uh, it's weird. Um, I, this is probably, I, I wasn't thinking about this as much, um, yeah. how real this was. Cause I was just like, because there wasn't really anything in here that couldn't happen. Cause every, everything that's really obscure or, uh, almost like, uh, mythical is we know is a hallucination or a dream or something. There's nothing explicitly supernatural about it. No. So it, it, I think this all could definitely happen. Um, I'm trying to, I actually, no, wait, no, I feel like every, yeah, I feel like pretty much everything could happen. There's even a scene where we didn't mention this before where, so Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson are the most like almost, on friendly terms when they're drunk yes and there is a scene where they're drunk and dancing and singing and then it cuts to them like almost slow dancing like they're just hugging each other pretty much and just like swaying and there's a moment where it looks like they're about to kiss and i was like oh yeah like and then they just like uh push each other off like you know okay and i I, even that like i felt i did i think everything about nothing about this seemed I didn't buy. I think of anything, it was um, just the way the story was told made it, as an audience member, made it confusing, but it didn't make it, uh, it wasn't something that I didn't believe could happen. So I do think this is actually very real. Yeah. Even in the weirdest, obscurest moments, I thought. Oh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I will give you the very, very end is the one where I'm like, I can kind of, yeah, how did he get there? But I feel like there are reasons how we could have gotten there, though. Yeah, it's just a matter of... Going back to that, how we ended up there, I I can't remember if I saw this theory or I came up with it, but there was another theory that when um, Pattinson's character falls off of the bosun's seat when he's painting the outside of the lighthouse, when he hit the ground, that's when he died, and that's how he ended up on the beach. And so that's where the story actually ends and the rest is just him basically his mind playing out what could have happened as he's laying there dying. But is that the same location? I don't think so, but that no. that could be chalked up to just the a storm moved his body. Oh, okay. I, they they kind of more or less like introduce a similar thing where like um when the foe says like oh like how do you know you're still not up in Canada up in the snowy white north and you're you're freezing your your ass off and he, he's more or less implying that like how do you know like if you're already crazy then how do you know you're not still in Canada dying of the cold up there and just imagining that you're here which. I feel like it's more along the same avenues of, of the theory that you just described, Ben, of just he isn't actually where he is. And this whole movie is just in Pattinson's imagination. Although I think your 
theory holds a little bit more water because we actually see him take a very like serious injury potentially and possibly dying. I didn't he... pay super close attention. I think that's also one of the few places where the movie fully hard cuts to something crazy. else. Yeah. Like the only other like crazy thing is like Pattinson like hallucinates seeing like the logs kind of drifting on shore and seeing like the dead body of like the real Ephraim Winslow. But I think that's just more guilt catching up to him rather than him like hallucinating and going crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I guess uh, final thoughts on the movie. Let's start with you, Ben. It was definitely easier to follow the second time through. Yeah. But um. There's still so much to think about with this movie. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. Seeing this the second time definitely kind of helped me absorb what I already remembered from this movie and kind of take in a little bit more, especially like, you know, the whole like bark like a dog scene and like the the following situations afterwards and just kind of just um, continue on through that way. Uh, it, It was just really interesting kind of seeing how much I was able to retain after seeing the the first time and how I was able to continue on with the second time. Um, I would say go and see this, but it is not for everyone. Um, my dad being the example for this because he had no idea what was going on. Um, it, this movie is not for everyone, but I feel like I would recommend this for at least an initial viewing because there's just going to be something that you're going to take away from this that no one else will. So I three and a half stars, I guess. Uh, and that that's just a very solid, a solid a rating I can really give and a recommendation that I can give for this movie. Um, so yeah, I guess that's my takeaway. Uh, Sam, uh, your final thoughts or recommendations or anything? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree. Um, I wouldn't say don't watch it. Of course, I'd say, I'd say watch it, but I would say yes. This is an art house film. It is definitely an acquired yeah. taste. Um, I would say though, watch the whole thing. Don't give up halfway through. Which I get it. You might want to, because this to me reminded me of like a. Uh, <laughs> Like, like a book I would have read in high school English <laughs> class that I would have had, I would have no idea what's going on, which about after freshman year, sophomore year and beyond, I just stopped knowing what was going on in English. Yeah, fair enough. I Like, it just, like, things got so detailed and intense and stuff where I'm like, I don't, what, what? Like, yeah, what's no, happening? By the time we get so, to Great Gatsby, it's just like, mm, what, what, what are, what are the, uh, what does the billboard mean? It's like, fr- but Gatsby it's knew like what was going on. It's like advertising. What the hell do you want me to say? <laughs> I remember like Fahrenheit 451. Like I, things were so detailed that I would just zone out and I had no idea what was going on in that. There were just like things like that. But um, for this, uh, yeah, I would, this is just not for everyone. I don't think we can stress that enough. No, no, we cannot. Um, <laughs> if you really want something obscure and weird, uh, I do recommend it. Uh, I do think this is, I, I think I said this before. It's, it is considered an actor's movie. Like I think for actors, this is really a movie for actors and filmmakers or film enthusiasts. Like, like I can't imagine, 
I can, I feel like my dad would start it. I don't know if he would finish it. He might finish it. My mom would not want to watch I, this. <laughs> like that's how I, I the reason like I asked Kevin to go with me to see is he's like the only person I know that would have been anywhere near okay with going to see it. I can't yeah, think no, of anyone else I know that would go you know, be down for it. Yeah, no, and I remember you sending me the trailers like, oh yeah, this looks awesome, and I was more or less expecting like either like a straight up like horror or like a psychological thriller, like something that kind of would be more face value than what this movie actually was. Uh, I was a little disappointed after seeing it, but that was mainly because I feel like the advertising and the marketing was not accurate to what the movie was trying to be. I see that sometimes with uh, film and television, and it kind of frustrates me because it's like, okay, that's how you... You're, so you're basically trying to get people in and then that's the wrong, it's wrong. Yeah. Like that's not what it is. And so of course it might not hold their yeah. interest. Like, okay, you get people to watch, watch it, but that doesn't mean it's going to be perceived. Well, film is different because uh film, it can grow. TV is like, you know, if it sucks, they're going to just, yeah, it's going to get canceled but, or just but, be stuck on a, a permanent rerun loop for all eternity. But with with this, um, yeah, I think it's. I don't even know what, what. So you like what genre would you say this is? Like psychological thriller. I, uh, you I, say horror. I know we we've had our discussion I, on psychological yeah, like, thrillers. I, I, horror, yeah, but. for the most part, it is a dramatic horror piece. It is a dramatic period horror piece. Is I feel like the best way to describe this movie. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Uh, um, but by the way, Ben, would you, since you're kind of like a more uh, casual moviegoer, would you like, how would you recommend this movie to, to someone? I really or don't would know. Would you at all? I, it's, I'd have to know the person fairly well to recommend it to them. I think. Yeah, like, 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 would you, like, you recommend this to, like, your family, like your mom, or your dad, or your sister? Right? I can almost certainly say none of my family would be <laughs> okay with watching it. Okay. I remember, like, maybe a year ago, I was watching Pulp Fiction for the first time, and my mom was in the room, and she is not a fan of Tarantino, (laughs) and, uh, and was obviously, like, I think it was at the, it was at the scene where, uh, Uma Thurman OD'd, and they're trying to- Oh, yeah, bring her back like Classic. and my mom just was like and my mom's just like in the room like reading and she's like oh it's sunday night i should be she was like mad like she's like i should be watching hallmark <laughs> and like, walks out of the room and i'm like i'm sorry i was here first <laughs> i should be watching hallmark <laughs> she really she really likes my, my mom's more or less been like watching hallmark for like the past month or so hallmark i will you know, in Christmas, sure. I'm any time of year. I get it. Like, I don't judge my mom for watching it or liking it because I totally get it. It's why I watch, like, I watch, like, I watch a lot of, like, reruns. Like, I'll watch, like, fr- I'll go on a period of watching Friends or I'll go on a period of watching oh, that yeah. 70 show. It's just, like, something, it's an escape. Oh, yeah, no, I, I, I'm not, I, like, I, to- I totally do the same thing like, with, like, horror and, like, traditionally, like, Halloween movies, like, randomly, like, oh, I'm gonna watch this in s- it's spring, I don't care, I'm gonna watch a Halloween movie, I wanna watch Hocus Pocus in mid-April, 
because it feels Halloween today. <laughs> oh, oh my God. That actually, um, uh, for, uh, the other day for, um, Friday the 13th, yeah. like last week, my sister and her boyfriend and I watched Friday the 13th, but we watched the new oh, one. <laughs> oh, you had me so excited for a second. Why? <laughs> bad like michael bay oh my god oh i forgot michael i I forgot michael bay was attached to that uh i we were actually the part where the girl is wakeboarding topless and then her boyfriend gets shot with an arrow and then and then she's hiding under the dock from jason and then he sticks his machete underneath picks her up just so we get one last like topless shot and then drops her down and we were all like are you shitting me it was so bad i mean <laughs> it's pretty bad although i i recently like i've kind of going on the same tangent uh i found a like a box set of like the first eight uh friday the 13th movies and i've been like kind of like casually watching them and like my mom my mom and dad more or less been like watching them like with me and there was one of them uh that there was one scene in particular i want to say it was like the third or the fourth one um where is that jason x jason no, goes to no, hell no, no, no. jason Hold, takes manhattan let me tell the damn story <laughs> <laughs> after a while the titles just get repetitive and bullshitty i don't remember what not what it was but there was a scene where um this these two like camp counselors are like heavily flirting with each other and it's like oh i'm gonna go go to my my cabin get changed real quick you you wait right here i'll be right back and i want to point out the fact that the the guy counselor is in a wheelchair uh so she leaves to go put on something comfortable and he like chills there's like oh man i'm gonna get laid and he kind of like goes out to the front porch and it's raining it's like he's calling for her because he thinks he hears something Jason kills him. He then like pushes his body down the stairs because the 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 thing's on a hill, which was kind of funny. And when she comes back, she's like looking for him. And her first reaction is like, hmm, "I'm gonna check upstairs on the second floor because that's where the most likely place where the guy in the wheelchair is." And it was just so <laughs> stupid. It's like, wait, she didn't even check the first floor. Why is she checking upstairs first? There's no there's yeah, no wheelchair uh... access in the '70s there. One of the first scenes in uh, the newer Friday the Thirteenth, there's people like, like having sex, uh, anal, of course, and in a odd, tent. Odd detail tent. to add, but all right. <laughs> no, but, but there's and they're like, oh, our fr-, they think that it's Jason, but they think like their friend is out there watching, and I'm like, maybe you should have turned off the light so there wasn't a silhouette. Of, like like a whole freaking light show of it it was like holy shit it was so bad i was like we were laughing and i jumped a few times like ah uh, oh my god but like the, it was it was more scary about how bad it was oh uh, you you need to you need to watch you, at some point we need to get together and marathon the the og like friday the 13th movies because those are like campy bad that one was just like shit bad it, yeah. it it was just really funny. Ben, have you seen like uh, like that many of the Friday the Thirteenth? I don't think I don't think I've ever seen any of them. I generally don't like horror movies. Damn it! All right, movie night at my place at some point. Yeah, this is happening. I have watched more horror in the last like month plus than I have in my entire. You're welcome life. for that. 
Like, mo- uh, I, most of them were for the for this, and two were not. I think on Halloween, my friends and I watched uh, Sleepaway Camp. <laughs> Holy fucking shit. Uh, that's a, that's it's a fun like, one. It's like, it was just a bunch of kids at camp, and then there's a killer. And the killer is irrelevant for, like, the first half of the movie and then it all ties together and we we all were just like oh my god like we all like lost our minds at the end it was yeah horrific. no when, when i originally um, watched sleepaway camp i thought it was like oh this is gonna be like a really like funny campy like friday the 13th ripoff because a lot of, yeah that's what and I then after one it's like oh this is actually pretty good <laughs> and then i saw the sequels and oh my god it, it, they should have stopped at one yeah, the work. So we're just waiting now for the lighthouse sequel, where um, electric uh, boogaloo. I don't know. <laughs> electric boogaloo. Yeah. It takes place on the uh, near uh, future light- of twenty seventy eight. A lighthouse three. Three D. <laughs> yeah, three three D. Yeah. The rule 3D. for horror movies is that once you get to the third installment, it has to be in three D. We got Jaws three D, and we got Friday the Thirteenth in three D. And damn it, we're gonna have a lighthouse three D. <laughs> what would be? Would it be the same? Would it be the same lighthouse? Like, uh, yeah, that's, that's causing <laughs> no, the damage. No, yeah. there's just a seagull that just shows up to try to pick your eyes out every once in a while. That's the only three D element in the movie. <laughs> Oh my god, you know what? I'm glad, I can't, I'm realizing now, Lighthouse would have been disgusting if it wasn't 3D. Alright, well let's stop that train of thought before <laughs> this gets more off the rails. Um, so, this has been Movie Reel. Um, make sure to follow us on Spotify, YouTube, uh, uh, Stitcher, iTunes, iTunes, all, all of that. Uh, like, comment, subscribe, uh, leave us a recommendation, anywhere you can on what movie you want us to do next um uh ben thanks for having having us today You're welcome. Yeah. or being joined joining us no, thank no, you we're, for we're, having we're, me no we're joining him today <laughs> um yeah no th- thanks for thanks for joining us today and kind of giving us uh your your take on the movie I know it wasn't easy for you watching it the second time, and I applaud you. <laughs> oh, actually, I didn't mind it the second time. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's the key. If you really want to like watch like The Lighthouse, you have to watch it at least twice. Yeah. But you know what? It, it bugs not, me. There's so many not, movies like that. Yeah, I mean, that's not, that, that's not a bad thing to say for this movie. It's Watching the movie in theaters was definitely one experience, but watching it at home with headphones on like a computer monitor was very different. Yeah, I, I think just watching it with and without subtitles is enough of experience on its own. Yeah, watch that. That's our biggest recommendation. If you make the decision to watch this, watch put it on with the sub- subtitles. Watch it with subtitles, otherwise you are not going to understand like a third. I'm I'm being generous. A third of what Willem Dafoe is saying is going to be incoherent gibberish. Over the summer, I watched. Uh, Kingsman, and I put on. I had to put on <laughs> subtitles because some of the characters have such. Thick, thick like cockney accents, accents. Yeah, yeah that i like couldn't really understand and it made me think of there was an snl uh like movie parody of like oh yeah oh it was like so it was like with, uh, Brit- with russell brand it was oh yeah it was like british extremely british like they're just saying <laughs> nonsense because they have such thick accents and i'm like gee that's all i was thinking of and it did occur to me for this because 
yeah, I, I couldn't really understand. So, yeah. Uh, yes. Subtitles are uh, <laughs> recommended. This has been Movie Reel. I'm Kevin Tracy. I'm Samantha Tomlinson. I'm Ben Deckard. Bye, folks. Bye.